This is episode 43 of The Urban Yogi, featuring Aaron Alexander. Join Will Blunderfield as he has free-flowing conversations with mentors and experts on such diverse topics as queer theory, holistic well-being, and music, digging deep to find the tools, tactics, and tricks that listeners can use to elevate their lives and cultivate community. Aaron Alexander is an inspirational man to me. Uh, When I was going through a dark period in my life, uh, his podcast really helped me get through the other side. Aaron Alexander interviews world-renowned healthcare thinkers and lifestyle-enhancing experts on his podcast, The Align Podcast. You can check it out anywhere that you procure your podcasts. Um, He's had tons of different guests on, and they talk about everything from fitness to endurance to biohacking to strength to diet to flexibility to sex. Uh, style and everything in between and uh, you know Aaron Alexander identifies as a heterosexual male yet some of the things he would say in his podcast were just so funny and you know he wasn't scared to talk about semen retention and you know sexuality in ancient Greece I remember there was one episode where he spoke about spermidine and how that's an ingredient that's beneficial for us that's found in natto which is a Japanese fermented um, bean uh, dish as well as human sperm and you know he wasn't afraid to share that he's tried his own sperm uh, and that in ancient Greece there was a practice where in another Sambian tribe cultures in Africa there's a practice where the younger men ingest the sperm of the older men they basically give blowjobs to the older dudes uh, with the idea that will turn them into big strong men Uh, you know just just these types of things I, I think of this kind of stuff and I think I'm weird but then I heard him talking about you know all this crazy shit and I realized I wasn't alone I realized that you know, other people think about this stuff too. He also talks a lot about identity uh, in certain podcasts um, where he questions as to whether or not, uh, you know, sexual orientation is an innate thing or is it because we're swimming in this soup of belief systems in this Western culture that can be very homophobic. I'll play some clips now of uh, some of the most inspirational things that, uh, that I heard him talk about that I was able to find uh, just listening back to some of his old podcasts. Here you go. And it's not just a structural mold in the sense of, okay, dude, you're, like, you're sitting shittily on the chair all the time, so now your spine's falling forward. It's also, you're in this consciousness soup here. And so people's ideas, like you can feel when someone's looking at you, right? There's like, everybody knows that. That's not, that's not woo at all. Like you can feel it, you know? And so, so with that, when people are, are kind of judging and that, like you, that's forming our, our, our physical body, <laughs> you know, we're, re- we're really, we're more malleable than, than what we think, you know? Yeah. Wow. That's a, a very good point. It's the, the invisible that's all around us. Yeah. So when did I get taught to think that drinking your own cum <laughs> is gross? Let's bring it back. Yeah. Let's yeah, bring it back. Yeah, that's real thing. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. Well, even physical contact in general. Right. You know, so that's it's like we don't, we, we're super, super uncomfortable with the idea of even like being touched by a man. You know, like, have you ever explored, this is, this is probably going to be out there, people would be some judgment on this, but have you ever explored, like, I'm, I'm not gay, like, I've explored it in my mind, and I've had, like, close, some close encounters, but I haven't, I haven't gone too deep, but I'm, I'm curious, you know, like, that, that, how much of my perception of myself, my sexuality, the ideas, the things that I, my values is just from this superficial indoctrination and how much is, is genuinely coming from something deeper than that. And homosexuality is like one of the biggest taboos as a young man, 
<laughs> you know, so, so for me, like I had that, I, I've had that curiosity of like, okay, what's, what's true and what is just something that I learned because I didn't want to be like called a fag in elementary school. All right. <laughs> I want you to picture ejaculating into a cup. Look at that cup. Now swig it back. What does it feel like? Taste like? Smell like? Okay, how are you doing right now? <laughs> how are we doing? I was good at how you said smell like. The smell like really messed me up. I don't know. I've never smelled semen. That's what I'm saying. This is a whole You've new thing for me. You've never tried your own semen? I've never tried my own semen. No, that's oh, what I'm saying. I'm dude. doing this thought experiment, and Tonight. I'm seeing, like, all right, are you okay with this? Yeah, get in there. I'm... I'm <laughs> <laughs> it's le- on next week's episode. Everyone has Kyle swallowed his own semen. It's legitimately nutritious. There's a, there's another interesting. I don't swallow my semen. I literally it was like a little dab just to check it out. Um, but another interesting thing that I'm reading in, in this book by a guy called Montak Chia, and it's uh, cultivating male sexual energy. Kind of gets in all the semen talk, which I think is where we started with this. Um, but one of the things that it, it mentions there that I thought was pretty interesting was so a lot of critters in nature once they ejaculate they end up and moths when they they die when so they have so so a lot of critters in nature. Aaron, <laughs> I need to ask you a question, ma'am. <laughs> Please be honest with me. Oh God. Have you ever drank an ejaculation? Drink? Yeah, I've tried mine twice. What was it like? <laughs> But but if if you can't find that because you're so muscly, you know, and that's with like rock climbing is a really so good muscly. example of it. It's just so muscly. Did I say that pretentiously too? No, no, just gay. <laughs> just gay. That was gay that time. It was gay. Um, you know, but if but if you're but if you're if, if, if gay sounds away, I don't know. I don't know. It could go anyways. I always that's wonder, how we grew up with with that sound being a sound. Dude, I always wonder about gayness. I think gayness is a percentage. I don't think that like when We're, people ask me about that or like because I because I'm, I'm I'm like fairly you know as you can tell by the way I said gay I'm like borderline flamboyant at times you know and yeah I was wondering yeah thank <laughs> you very much I take that as a great compliment I take that as a compliment you know you know and like I have ballerina slippers you know like that's yeah. that's that's borderline we were doing acro yoga together we were doing acro yoga yeah. I was on your shoulders naked yeah. you know and so it, that didn't actually happen but but so. You know, the, uh, what was I talking about? I got caught up. Oh, the percentage of gayness. I don't think there's a hard black and white, man. I think we're all percentage based. Yeah, yeah. So I used (laughs) used to think that. You like that? That's cool. And and then it kind of frees me up to be, it frees me up to just do what it is that I really want and what I'm really attracted to and what I really want to do, which 100% of the time so far has been beautiful women. So... And at the same time, there's always this fear lurking in the back of my mind of, don't do that. You might be perceived as gay. Or, you know, there's like all of this, there's, there are those things, those beliefs that are installed from my childhood that being gay is bad and you wouldn't want to do that. And, you know, people won't like you and there's all these things that, around it. So growing up, of course, I do nothing that could remotely be considered gay at all because if I did, I'd be afraid of not being accepted or people would make fun of me or whatever. So now at the age of 35, I get to walk around with freedom because I can now be open to any desire that I have. 
none of which would fall in that category. Um, I just, I don't know why I feel like I need to, the, the fear still exists in there. Because the fact that I need to state that, you know, is is still that that voice going, don't let people I, think I, you're gay. I, I stated it too. <laughs> it's messed up. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, um, but I would say a lot of that in my mind is dissolved around, around even there being that spectrum. So now, you know, if a guy hugs me a little bit longer or stares into my eyes a little bit longer than what I used to be comfortable with, it, it's a lot less of a trigger to me now. And if something, if someone touches me or I touch them in a way that I'm like, oh, wow, it, I am a lot less likely to judge that behavior than, than I would have even a year ago. So that's, man, we went off on a isn't real it, fucking tangent Isn't there. it funny? It's a great tangent, man. Isn't it funny how uh, language kind of dominates our life? No doubt. Right? So I was, I was talking with, with Chris Ryan, and on this subject, uh, Sex at Dawn is a great book. I, would, I, I still haven't read it, but I'm, I'm a fan of, uh, I've listened to his show. Chris is great, yeah, yeah. tangentially speaking. Um, kind of just like have that little connection. You know, and it's kind of like you, you could think of nature as being somewhat of like a, like a teat. You know, it's like we're sucking on the nature's teat. We're kind of getting the juices from it. The longer a person goes from being connected to that, the more we start going into depressive type tendencies. Nature's teat. Nature's teat, man. That's you got a lot of sexual uh, analogies. Nature's teat, you were telling me about the bee pollen. And you're like, so, you know, in springtime, <laughs> it's kind of like, it's kind of like all the plants are just ejaculating on you. What, how do you put it? Bukaki. Bukaki. <laughs> so as you can see, Aaron is a funny guy. He's so inspirational to me. And, uh, you know, when I was going through my darkest times with drug use, um, I really feel like just his spirit, it, that image helped me get out of addiction. Uh, you know, sometimes I'd ask myself, what would Aaron Alexander do in this case? You know, he wouldn't do drugs, so I stopped doing it. So um, anyway, I really hope you enjoy my interview with Aaron. And thank you, Aaron Alexander, for inspiring me and for being on this podcast. Namaste. Um, hip shit. So nice. Most deaf Miss Fat Booty. <laughs> it's who's Miss Fat Booty? What? It's a song that you use for Hold on. I'm trying to find how to turn this one up. Dancing. What if I just... We could just have this playing the whole time. I know, this would be a nice effect. Great. Oh, no. Dog. Hold on. Oh, there we go. Got it. Right. There you go. Boom! How are you? I'm really good. Let me see. Let me make sure my, my, this microphone is the one. Function. has changed yeti stereophone cool um how do i sound i could put a little doodad over here to make it be um better or what's how's how's it sound? you sound it's sounding really clear can you hear okay. me okay yeah you sound great awesome yeah awesome um, how's your day going it's great man yeah i apologize for the for the uh all the stuff i mean no I, worries. I was two or five isn't terrible but yeah the last the last thing ended up going over <laughs> No worries. All good. All good. How was your trip? You were, where were you just now in the last few weeks? Uh, Costa Rica. How was that? I was out in the, yeah, it was great, man. It was, um, it, we were, I did a yoga teacher training with a good friend called Aaron Kelly, who's like oh, a nice. superstar yogini chick. And then another friend, Steph Colibri. Um, okay. Yeah. So did like, uh, what, uh, what style was it? Uh, I don't know what you'd call it. Like mixed like vinyasa. Hatha? 
Cool. Yeah, you could say that. It's like a mix. So like all sorts of varieties, different things. Nice. It wasn't a specific one. Have you uh, tried Kundalini yoga before? Yeah, I've tried most of like the kind of like meta out there, weird new age type movement practices. Maybe not movement. Well, maybe most. I don't know. There's probably more than I know of. But yeah, most, yeah, like you could throw a dart at a board of random new age shit. And I've like at least like been in the room at some point for it. Nice, man. Uh, nice. Um, yeah, I found that really helpful. I, uh, I sort of went through a bit of a cocaine addiction for a few years there. And I found that Kundalini yoga really helped get out of that. Mm. Um, and I was, yep. I believe like repetitive motions are really good for like anxiety. And sometimes I get anxiety and I find just doing like repetitive motions really helps me with that. I don't know why that is, but yeah. 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 It's kind of like tapping as well. That's just something in, right. in Brahmaria, Brahmaria, um, pranayama is a, is a, a thing or Brahmari pranayama is a thing where it's like they, um, you hold your, your ears, you plug up your ears and then mm-hmm. you hum and you can kind of like rock along with it. And it's like mm. super, super helpful with getting the, the, your whole nervous system to start to downregulate and calm down. And you'll, oh, see, cool. you'll see children will do a similar thing sometimes. They'll essentially do like Brahmari pranayama. Where they, Brahmari pranayama, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, actually have, I, yeah, I have that in the, in, the, in the upcoming book I'm doing. It's like one of the potential sound practices people can play with. But you see, Amazing. I mean, a, a, lot of the, a lot of the stuff that... Um, children and animals do to calm their nervous system it's like those are things that you know people in hollywood pay thousands of dollars to learn how to do right that's what i like about your your approach to life is is like it's very practical it's like Mm. just move move your freaking body dance more sing more give more i feel that's kind of like what you do yeah and then there's i mean then there's also there is something to foundations and understanding like Mm. you know before like taking the box and throwing it down and breaking all the glass. I think it's good to understand the box, um, mm-hmm. you know, and having a foundation and understanding angles and understanding kind of like working within the confines of, of the rules and, mm. you know, first figure that out, you know, and then from there, the rules will start to feel kind of like impeding or heavy and kind of like holding you back perhaps. Then it's like, all right, now let's break the fucking box. But right. I, I think oftentimes people, they end up going outside of the boundaries before they even understood boundaries. And then they end up Mm. never really having a strong foundation. So I think there's something to both. Totally. Totally. And you started with rolfing. eh? Was that one of your first practices? Kind of sort of, um, you know, so I I started getting, so I, have been doing, I started doing, started personal training at LA fitness when I was 16 years old. And I I was really like bodybuilding and just like getting yoked was the goal. Like any means necessary. Um, and then that kind of went into like moving out to Hawaii, got into studying psychology, went to school out there for that. And then, um, went to massage school from there and was doing personal training and kind of like a hybrid of things and then rolfing. And it's just been like a, a mishmash of different modalities. Cool. Yeah. Um, are you a Mormon? Did, were you born? Mor- <laughs> bro- did you? <laughs> no, 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 that was misinformation. Oh, um, I, I heard I, that you like grew up in a very conservative, like Mormon upbringing no you might have heard that i grew up in an amish country that's oh amish maybe okay yeah yeah i grew up in in lancaster pennsylvania oh wow so that's so that's but i but lancaster is a big place there's there's also like a city there and it's you know it's different varieties of things um yeah yeah yeah, i was like all up in amish amish country for sure were you like dressed traditionally growing up no no no, i was very like that yeah, very like grew up in, in super smallville typical norm type place. 
I see. I yeah, see. which I think in, in a lot of ways can be like the, the most dangerous place to grow up. Yeah, you know, I grew up in West Van, which is very similar. Yeah, mm, Smallville, totally. Yeah, it's, Little yeah, bubble. it's good to have. It's good to yeah. It's you want to have some diversity and and controversy and and having something to like to look for. You know, mm-hmm. if you if you if you grow up too much of like a Nerf reality, I think it's actually like ironically, paradoxically, the most dangerous reality to grow up in in a, in a way. Because right. then your your body doesn't learn to adapt. Yeah. Right. And then, uh, and, then, and, then, and then I think that leads to a lot of things like like depression. You know, I think you can kind of more tangibly relate something like that to like anxiety or depression, but then maybe less tangibly potentially throw a stone into like maybe like autoimmune diseases and things like that. If you don't have something to to actually fight against, yes. you know, to work against, then like that's what your body naturally does. Like it wants to fight. You know, and so when you when you grow up in a place that you've you've taken out all those variables that naturally your biology would respond to, um, some people that are smarter than me around those those topics uh, seem to believe that that could potentially create some type of like a mutation around that where your nervous system, yeah, immune system might well, potentially start to attack itself. I definitely feel like now that I've started Brazilian jiu-jitsu, like I feel way more in balance. It's crazy, and mm. I, yeah, I, I agree with you. Like we are designed to have contact and to fight, and yeah. I grew yeah. up sort of as this like, you know, protected little choir boy eating Stouffer's macaroni and cheese. And yeah, yeah. I didn't really, I, I played piano. I was, took piano lessons and did choir. You know, I didn't really have any sort of physical practice to really, I mean, I did long distance running, but no sort of like martial art or anything. So I'm really feel like I'm benefiting from jujitsu. Yeah. A rough and tumble play is like a fancy way of saying, you know, like rough housing or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's a huge thing for, for childhood development. You know, it teaches mm. children boundaries, you know, and it also mm. teaches them like a safe outlet to, to release aggression. And, you know, like we're like nervous creatures, you know, we're nervous, anxious creatures and we need something to get mm. that out. And in our mm-hmm. culture, you know, one of the only mediums to get that out is like binge drinking and like sexuality. Like right. Those are uh, two accepted releases. Oh, and exercise. Yeah. Um, you know, and so that's why people, I don't know if that's, I could say that's why, but it's, I, it seems plausible that that's a part of why there's such great obsessions around fitness, sex, and, you know, drugs. Totally. And, and, uh, you know, sex can be, you know, very, very transactional at times. Uh, I remember going onto like the, uh, the gay sex app grinder and hooking up with some people on there. And I'd be like, Oh, let's, let's have a bath after let's like, you know, wash each other's hair. And they're like, what? I, you know, yeah. I just, normally this is very transactional, but I, you know, so, so there is that piece too. And, and, um, what I find really refreshing about you, Aaron, is like you identify as, you know, I would say heterosexual, hetero flexible. Um, but you're not afraid to talk about like sexual fluidity and a lot of guys in the biohacking sort of podcasting world kind of shy away from that. And you don't. And I mm. found that like, you're like a breath of fresh air. When I listened to your podcast, I was like, you're talking about like how the ancient Greek people, you know, believe that ingesting the semen made them more manly and just like things like that. Like a lot of guys don't want to talk about that and you're not afraid to, you're a very open book. So mm. I admire, I admire that and respect that about you. I never talked about that in relation to my own ingesting of semen though. No, no, um, I know. But in general, yeah, I think whatever floats your boat. I'm, what, you I'm don't do pro, that every day? I'm pro, <laughs> I'm pro, I'm pro love. Um, no, I've never, I've never tried another man's semen. Um, I've tried my own. I've drank my own piss too. That was very interesting. Nice. Yeah, me too. Um, but but yeah, I think just if something makes a person feel good and it doesn't hurt anyone else, 
then I think more power to you. And I think that if, if mm -hmm. we try to impose some restriction around people, um, the long-term effect of that is going to be to end up making that kind of like a, a, a kind of more charged subject. And then it creates a lot of like weird mutations. Like I think kink mm. in, in the United States is way more abundant than a lot of places that sex is more like a, a, a normal accepted biological thing that we do. But mm -hmm. if you make it be this shameful thing, then all of a sudden we have all these weird kinky outlets that pop up. Right. You know, so I'm not. Yeah. I'm not a fan of like imbibing anybody else's semen personally, but I'm pro. No, no, no I wasn't. I wasn't saying that you were, you know. but I, I, I thought that that wasn't my point. My point was that you weren't afraid to bring up in a podcast that in ancient Greece that was a practice. Oh yeah, super common. Yeah, I mean, culture yeah. culturally, it's it's weird the stuff that we that we learn, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, um, what was it? The, 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 the id and the super ego and the ego, like the, the, the id is like the, our, our biological wants and needs and desires, you know, eat and be, eat and have sex and shelter and all that stuff. And then there's like the super ego, which is, we can kind of confuse with what we think to be our biological desires, but it's actually what the culture, our culture has taught us. You know, yes. we can confuse that of like, oh yeah, like naturally, you know, like you see like with homosexuality, like animals are homosexual in nature, like it happens. Um, yeah, the norm seems to be bisexuality or pansexuality. I don't know if that would be the norm per se. Well, it's apparently it's, it's been just, documented. It's just, First it's it was just, 150 species, but now it's over 150,000 species that bisexuality has been documented in, in other words, um, it's actually documented, but not the norm as in like, you know, 95% of the species is they're having sex with everybody. Unless, unless that's, I don't, I'm not an expert on this by any means, but well, like if I, you look I, at like bonobos, like they share like 99.4% of the same DNA as humans and they're fully a bisexual species. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I remember you saying in one of your podcasts, I can't remember exactly, but it's something like, uh, you know, it's sexuality is not a hard black or white thing. Hmm. You know, so everything yeah. in nature is a spectrum and that includes I like, sexuality, I like you, right? I like to use hard black with that. That was appropriate. That was, good. <laughs> that was, like, a, that was like a pun. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, we, we, and that's, that's the whole superego thing. You know, it's like we, yeah. we grow up wanting to put ourselves into a specific container out of fear of, of judgment of others. And then, that makes that container like to me it's it, it kind of like it's a toxic place to be when you are creating boundaries around yourself based off of fear of other people's judgment you know yes. and so if we can get outside of that um it's a really healing place to be not for just for yourself but for like literally anybody you come in contact with like, that's what people need they just need to not be yes. ashamed of, of being themselves and i'm Amen. still figuring it out but, you know, Aren't we all? Can I read another uh, quote uh, that I got from you? Uh, we are super, yeah. super uncomfortable of even the thought of being touched by another man. How mm. much of our perception of our sexuality is just from this superficial indoctrination of societal norms or whatever, something like that you said? And how mm. much is genuinely coming from something deeper than that? And homosexuality mm. is one of the biggest taboos as a young man. How much of sexuality is truly authentic and how much is just because someone doesn't want to be perceived as a fag? Mm. No, I didn't say fag, but I like that. That's good. Yeah, well, um, you said something like that. And I was like, that, 
that, that, cause that's what I'd been thinking right for the last few years. And then you said it and I was like, Oh my gosh, I need to talk to this guy. Oh, good. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's an, it's, I just think it's a really interesting question to, to ask. Um, there's a good chance that you're full hetero normal and that's totally fine. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's just a really valuable question to ask. But anything like my my belief system, just like sit back with anything that you strongly believe, and just give a moment to ask, like, where did I get this from? You know, was there some root source of this that came from the outside, or did it come from the inside? I think it's just a fun like thought experiment. Right. Um, Audrey Marcus uh, said something recently that I thought was really interesting. He said a lot of people. Aubrey Marcus, a lot of people have that paralyzing fear that they might just be a little bit gay. And guess what? Everybody is just a little bit gay. Maybe you're 8% gay. Maybe you're 12% gay. Maybe you're 20% gay. I don't give a shit, but I don't think anybody is under 8% gay. Mm. <laughs> so I just yeah, thought that. I, I, like how, like, that. I like how, you know, people that, uh, that I'm inspired by are starting to talk about this stuff. And, you know, they're... Um, I, I just joined a men's group and, and, uh, growing up, I didn't have very many like strong bonds with males. And it's just interesting. Like I always craved that. And ever since I started taking like medicinal mushrooms, like reishi mushrooms, I found it a lot easier to connect with other males. I don't know why that is. That's and, really cool. uh, yeah, they're, it's phallic, really, it's, they're, they're phallic in nature. They're phallic, mushrooms. right? And yeah, like the mycelium connecting, I don't know what it is, but, uh, I've noticed that. And, um, yeah, I just I, I think that homophobia has caused like so much damage to people and also transphobia. And uh, I just like the idea of like shining light on it and, you know, moving forward as a society so that people feel safe to be themselves. Like on Tuesday, I'm doing a benefit concert. Um, I do like a yoga inspired music and we're donating the proceeds to Out in Schools, which is a local organization that shows queer and trans themed movies and does assemblies in high schools to help sort of quell bullying of gay and trans youth. Yeah, And so it's, you know, I remember going to the diversity club head, you know, and she was promoting diversity of different races in our high school. This was, I guess, 15 or 20 years ago. And I said, hey, like, could we include like gender and sexual diversity? And she said, oh, no, that's inappropriate. That's not welcome. And uh, I just remember thinking, oh, my gosh, like I'm being pushed into trash cans and people are, you know, drawing penises Mm -hmm. on my student council posters and, you know, calling me a faggot all the time. And these teachers think that that's okay. It was almost like it was okay to bully me back then. That was this, like, I remember um, taking a bus once and all these guys a year above me started like banging on the side of the bus, just like, you fucking faggot. And then all these people in the bus just looked at me and, and almost shamed me and nobody stood up for me. And I just remember thinking, wow, like I, I'm not welcome here, you know, in my society, in this little bubble of West Vancouver, I am not welcome here. Um, but I guess in a way it, it forced me to turn inwards and accept myself and it got me into yoga and meditation because I didn't have a choice. It's like either learn how to love yourself or you kind of perish. Yeah. Yeah. The resistance is, gives you something to, to grow against. You know, yeah. so you could, you could almost look at it from a, 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 a perspective and say, thanks for all those people that were calling me a fucking whatever and you know creating something to push back against you Mm -hmm. know and some reason to like dig into myself deeper whereas if you were like heteronormal in a lot of ways it's like a disadvantage right Um, you know because if you don't have resistance it's like going to a gym and and lifting up like inflatable weights 
you know, it's like, that's cool, you know, but you're not actually pushing against anything, you know, so the people that have something to really push against in the end, they will be a lot stronger if they don't, you know, kill themselves first. Right. And so that's, and that's the balance is suicides. You know, there's greater incidents. There's like, there's the last 11 years on average, there was over 3000, it was 3,036 more suicides each year than, um, than death by car accident. I believe it was, a, it was, a, it's an article. Oh yeah. You posted about that recently. Yeah. I posted a different thing. This is a different, this is a different one, but I was, I was, oh. I was just reading it. It's an article in the light. People look it up. Um, okay. You know, but that's, I mean, that's a really interesting thing is, is there's like for, for a long time, car accidents, that was the most dangerous thing you do being a car, getting a car accident, you know, but now it's like, it's more dangerous to be with yourself. <laughs> you know, than than <laughs> torpedoing down the road at eighty miles an hour, or you know, whatever, one hundred and twenty kilometers an hour. You know, and, that's and really so interesting. It's, yeah, that's um, kind of sad. <laughs> well, whatever. You know, it's uh, maybe maybe it's maybe it's a, a part of our our uh, our path. You know, it, it's tough to say what's good and bad. Exactly. You know? Yeah. You know, you never like, maybe that's, it's a total natural part of, you know, it's like, Oh, like the, the, the meteor hit earth and the Yucatan and, you know, caused the, you know, all the dinosaurs died. It's like, Oh, that sucks. You know, but then the species comes back even stronger. So it's just, you know, it's like that, that's the story of the, the dude that's got, what is it? The story he's got his son, his horse. Everybody's heard this story. I'm not going to actually reset. Yes. I, I, would, I would say yes, it wrong. I know this, story. but different. Yeah. But different terrible things happen. And his neighbor comes over and says, Oh, that's terrible that that happened. And then he's like, well, we'll see. We'll see. And then something great happens because of it. And then it does that. Right. Like time. he broke his, he broke his hip or, or his leg and he, he didn't whatever. have to go to you war. Can, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Make up a bunch of details. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's, but yeah, I think there's that, you know? And so I, mm-hmm. I have a lot of respect for people that are gay, like openly gay. Um, because it, it means that at some point they went through like this hard truth moment of, you know, communicating a deeper truth that's unaccepted in the culture that we, we live in and Mm -hmm. had to have like the bravery to be like, this is the way I feel. Sorry guys. Like if you don't like it, fuck you. Um, You know, whereas heteronormal people, like they don't, they haven't had to go through that. They might've gone through lots of other stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think, I think homosexuality or anything that's like different in our culture, which difference is just a relative thing based off the culture that you're from. um, Mm -hmm. I think it's great. You know, we get all sad about, oh, our lives are hard. It's like, fuck you. Like that's the reason that you're creative. That's the reason you do cool shit is because your life is hard. You know, that's a problem. I want to ask you, because I ask all my guests, where did this homophobia come from? Because it hasn't always existed. Like, as you alluded to, there were dudes drinking each other's semen in ancient Greece. Like, how, what happened with this Western homophobia? Is it from the church? Is it, is it because the toxic masculine runs the planet and they're scared of the divine feminine and anything feminine? Well, the dudes drinking each other's semen part, that's, it's not like they were just, like, enjoying, they just loved semen. It was, it was a dominance no, 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 thing. Oh, interesting. Um, you know, so that's so if you if you were the bottom or you were you were receiving the cock, um, that was like an inferiority thing. Um, mm. So it wasn't just like dudes were rampantly gay or bisexual and they just they just loved to bang each other. It was like no, no, no. <laughs> of, it was a showing of 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 superiority. 
Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. Um, so I think that where did the root of homosexuality come from? I'd homophobia. Still... Yeah, sorry, sorry, that's what I meant, homophobia. Um, man, what do you think? If you give me a response, I'd be able to toy with it, I bet. I don't know, I haven't thought about that specific question enough to just like right. pull something out. Well, I think, I mean, I think the world is run by energy vampires. Um, and I think that a great way to control people is to suppress the feminine and that which is feminine. Um, and so maybe there's a, a suppression of the feminine. So anything that's remotely feminine is just suppressed. And like, I don't, I actually don't know. Like I ask everyone because it's so interesting to me because like I'm on an unceded First Nations, you know, Aboriginal territory right now. And in their culture, from the research I've done, there were more than four genders. And, um, you know, the, the little, you know, je- uh, boys that grew up, started playing with women's stuff and wearing women's clothes, they were often considered the shamans. and They were given a role of like healer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when the white man came over, they labeled those individuals as berdache, which in French means prostitute. And apparently they were the first to be killed by the white man because they knew that if they killed the spiritual leaders, that um, it would be easier to control the little tribes. Hmm. This is what I learned at, at university in a, in a sociology of, of uh, Aboriginal sociology class. So I just thought That's that was really interesting. Awesome. You know, the white, there's a sort of like colonialist and it's not even just gayness. It's like sexuality in general, this whole world, like 99% of the world is, is, has bought into this colonialist way of living and i feel like a lot of this colonialist way of living is built upon the repression of sexuality um Mm -hmm. and 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 when you can pinch people off from their sexuality that which is wild you know and free maybe they're a lot easier to control i don't know yeah yeah i can see that yeah i think that 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 religion seems to make a lot of sense um you know like um you know, missionaries and such. That's kind of another pun. Um, but <laughs> coming, that's another pun. Um, and uh, <laughs> trying, yeah, trying trying to convert people into the religion. But then the reason for the, so I think it would could come back to the religion part. I mean, it's super, it's, it's super ironic when you go to like places in Mexico or Central America or like, you know, any Christian culture around the world almost, except for like Jerusalem or something. Um, you go to these places, you know, Rome, like the, like the beginning stages of Christianity. Um, when you go to almost any place in the world, they had these amazing, like beautiful, robust res- perspectives, you know, religions, whatever, but like paganism, you go to like the Pantheon in Rome, even like b- before Christianity, it was, it was, it was um, pagan religions. Right. And, you know, so you go there and it's like the Pantheon is like one of the most beautiful build. I think it's the most beautiful building out there. Um, and it's, it's just this big, these, this beautiful, um, oh, sphere. And then this beautiful circle on the top, but it's all circular with, you know, this, the symbolism is the circle is that, that continuation of, of life and of energy and, you know, like the, mm. the infinity, infinity sign kind of thing. Um, mm. but you go in there and it just feels very whole, you mm-hmm. know, and then we kind of came in with, these more like hard angles and lines and kind of, you know, that's yes. kind of like you're saying in the beginning. And apparently like, even like Jesus. Yes. And apparently even Jesus's original name was Yeshua, which means the perfect balance of masculine and feminine in one incarnation. 
really and, cool. and apparently there's certain gospels that were cut out or left out of the official Bible where Jesus was taking, you know, men into the woods and teaching them about plant medicines and, you know, uh, showing them how to get rid of parasites and, uh, you know, teaching them the ways of, of nature. And, and I guess it's called the Essene gospels, mm. you know, and, and so all that was, you know, apparently left out of the Bible. So all that sort of feminine, you know, in touch with nature stuff, was left out so I, there there does seem to be this like suppression of um the divine feminine but i think it's getting better and like i mean i do a lot of kundalini yogi yoga and uh, yogi bhajan says that in 2012 we transitioned from the kali yuga or the uh, piscean age which was all about a suppression of the divine feminine into the aquarian age which is all about honoring the masculine and the feminine about balance and, and sharing of knowledge versus hierarchies of knowledge mm. and people yeah so I think I, there could be value in potential, you know, a, a splash of homophobia for a certain time to get us from one point to another point. You know, mm. culturally, perhaps we needed like a spear tip, you know, fuck the feminine. We're going to, we got to get to this point, you know, we're driving the car, we're getting here, you know, and maybe right, now right, it's, right. maybe now it's, it's like, okay, cool. Let's feminine comes back. We've arrived at this point that whatever reason culturally we needed to get to i don't know what it is you know yeah, and yeah. now it's like it feels to me as though there is a a shift that's happening i live in bubbles you know so i live in like you know western los angeles and before that like boulder colorado and hawaii all these places so my perspective is, is definitely uh skewed by the bubbles that i come from um but it feels to me as though there is a a common trend, like it feels like a global global trend from traveling mm -hmm. and such, because people are listening to podcasts and seeing video. We're sharing information now, um, right? Towards embracing that that feminine side and towards embracing like like everybody, um, right? But again, like I just I'm not pro homophobia, but I I just am curious what the if it served a purpose, yeah. What what the evolutionary value of the things are? Like it's it's a lot easier to look back at things that don't agree with your belief system be like, Oh, that was just bad. And then you come up with all these ideas of why it's bad, but even like religion, like I like the idea of like, like looking for what's right about religion. And yeah. so I would, I would venture to look and maybe it's just fucked up. Like, I think there's something to that as well. Um, you know, like maybe Hitler was just a mutation and it was just fucked up and there wasn't a positive thing to it. Um, maybe that's the same with homophobia and making anybody feel insecure about the way that they naturally feel. Um, mm certainly possible um and i just wonder if, if at a species level there was some need for us to get from one place to another and to kind of that like step down femininity for a little while i'm not sure yes that i mean that makes sense and i was reading in, in you know going back to ancient greece apparently there were multiple different types of love different words for love and apparently the norm yeah. was for men to take on a wife but then when they went to battle invariably they would take on a lover who is on their team uh you know and and they would be intimate with each other because they believe that would strengthen their bond so if one of them was to be in danger in a battle situation they'd be more apt to protect each other mm -hmm. uh, and then there's also the pedestry whole thing where like an older male would take on a younger male to mentor and there would often yeah. be sexual relations and i'm wondering if that if that served the purpose of like almost like a horizontal gene trans transfer situation, like, cause when you're intimate with somebody, you're kind of taking on their energy. So you're being mentored yeah, by yeah. them and maybe you're taking on some of their qualities. I don't know. It's yeah. just, I'm just philosophizing. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I need more time to, to stew on it. I like the idea though. 
of, of yeah. like where the where the the initial seed of that that came from because now it's so mm-hmm. deeply ingrained into the like western zeitgeist mm-hmm. um it's 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 interesting identifying like where's the the root of that but i don't know it's just like i just want to be able to hold hands with like a male or a female on the street and not be scared like yeah, i you know if i hold hands with a woman it's fine but like i got like i was living in new york city about 10 years ago and i was holding hands with this guy who had just come out of the closet we were in the gay area and then this guy takes out a switchblade and starts calling us faggots and chasing us up the street we got away (laughs) but like so now anytime i hold hands with a guy in public i'm like oh like i don't i don't feel comfortable doing it and i was talking to my men's group about this and one of them's like he's like i'll hold hands with you if you want to like help get rid of this fear i can hold hands with you and we'll just go to different parts of the city and like just do it until it becomes second nature. And I was like, okay, so that's my new project. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's the thing is that there's people that would pull a switchblade out. And, you know, first of all, it's, I think it's really valuable to look at like the pain and confusion that that person's experiencing. Like mm. you're actually, it's easy for, for a, you know, a, a person in like the, from the, the homosexual side of the, the fence. And they're like, I'm holding hands. It was terrible. Like my life, but from the other side, the person that has the switchblade that's yelling and hooting and hollering, as far as like a quantifying pain level, they're mm-hmm. going through more pain, I would imagine. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so it's I think it's mm-hmm. like an interesting opportunity yeah. to be like, oh, like you really hurt. Like I hurt, right. but like you really hurt. <laughs> yeah. You know? Totally. I think, totally. I think that those those are the people that really need help. You know, yes, I, I, think, I think coming from a place of, of, of like compassion, like using those opportunities, yeah. maybe if someone's going to kill you, it's not the opportunity to use yeah, we, that. We kind of had to run in that situation, but I know yeah, what you're getting at. But in, in general, just, when someone's like, fuck yeah. you, like that's the fine opportunity to just like not be, I mean, my tendency is to go towards uh, kind of like taunting the person with love that, that leads to like mm. the potential like fisticuffs or something. Not that I like getting into fistfights, but like my potential is to, it's to taunt because I'm not mature yet, but, um, <laughs> how old are you? Uh, 31. Oh, um, you're younger than, I always see you as older than me, but yeah, I'm 33, but 31. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I'll be mature at 33. We'll see. Um, <laughs> you know, but so my, still have a little urge. I can feel it. This little, little like to like jab at people. We, you know, so I'll express love in quotations, but the, the love is with the intention to kind of like make the person, you know, be become angry or feel terrible or something like that and right uh, i I gotta work on that shit because that's 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 it's a real opportunity if someone's lashing out i'm gonna plug my thing in here if someone's lashing out at you they're they're hurting you know yes it's you're not the victim in that situation i mean you are the victim but 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 they're they're like i think the law the the deeper root of pain i think that person happens to be carrying it in my in my in my opinion Yes. And I, I think that's actually a great way to move society forward is like getting out of this victim mentality, totally. you know, and, and, uh, you know, that leads me to my next question. What effect do you think, you know, homophobia and, and scapegoating and gay bashing has on, on people's immune systems and overall well-being? And, um, you know, how does the indoctrination of social prejudice impact an individual's overall health? It's like, to me, to me that it does a detrimental effect, but if we can change our perspective from being a victim to compassion, like Yogi Bhajan says, compassion is the language of the Aquarian age. It's like you can flip that 
and you can, you know, improve your situation and improve the world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as listened to thing last night, um, talking about if someone is in fear of not being able to pay a bill, um, it ends up lowering their IQ by, I don't remember how many points it was like 10 or 15 points or something like that, but there's, there's a, a, a statistical quantifiable effect of, Oh fuck, I'm not going to be able to pay that. You get dumber. You know, you get mm-hmm. go into more of like a, like a reptilian, like fight flight type place. And, right. you know, I think that that same ish similar thing is happening anytime you have any kind of like shame or any type of shame's a fine, a fine word for it. You know, anytime that you have anything that contracts you, makes you smaller, makes you feel like you need to protect, makes you feel afraid, you know, any kind of like fear-based anything throughout your day. Um, mm-hmm. It literally contracts us. And from that perspective, makes you dumber, um, mm-hmm. you know, but anything that's putting your nervous system into more of like a, a sympathetic, you know, the whole fight, flight, freeze type place, um, you all of a sudden don't have time for things like immune defense and things like, you know, menstrual cycles and things like, you know, the stuff that's like, it's not going to necessarily get you out of the jaws of the tiger. Your body yes. kind of puts that off to the side. Well, and um, here's an interesting thought or an experience. The more yeah. I take care of myself and the more I'm like in balance and, you know, getting to bed on time, doing my yoga practice, surrounding myself with, you know, my tribe who I feel safe with, the more, mm-hmm bisexual I come in other words it, I, I come pun there um I I come a lot more actually I'm practicing oh, seam, so you're practicing you, retention I become you were gay almost, I yeah I was gay right and now that yeah. I'm like in less state of a, a fight or flight response I actually I want to like I want to eat pussy I want to like be intimate with women yet when I'm in a state of fear I kind of just want to dick up my ass yeah, I was just talking to a guy about that actually. Um, he was a, a a client actually, um, and yeah, he's a super similar thing. I don't know anything about it, but he had a, the same story. He's been gay for really? the last while, and then all of a sudden, he's like, as he's feeling more comfortable in his own skin, he's like starting to become attracted to women again. Yes, that's been my experience. It's really interesting. Um, I, I, I it's probably a bunch. It's probably multifactorial. But I like um, I like feeling the way I most want to feel, and I I like fe- obviously I like to feel grounded and calm and peaceful. And when I do go to that place, everything around me changes. It's like in yoga, they say the external world is just a reflection of the inner world. So my new motto for 2019 mm-hmm. is like, I don't need anybody else to be different. I just need to do my work, and then the world around me changes. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I've just found that really beneficial to like, just stop trying to change the world. Cause yeah. it was driving, it was driving me nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. To, I mean, that's, uh, I was writing about that on the, on the Instagrams today about just like mm. meeting people through acceptance first. And then from there you have a foundation to actually build on. You know, so as opposed mm. to meeting, meeting, having the lens of unacceptance and like everything must change. Then that creates mm. this kind of like divisiveness, this like separation between you and everything else because you're on team you and everything else is on team everything else. So now there's a separation there. Whereas if you can come from a a place of like, I love you where you're at, you know, he's beautiful. And I think we can, I think we could even do better. 
you know, like that's a place where it's like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. Like I can do better. I want to, I want to do better, you know, Mm -hmm, but if you come mm -hmm. from, from the other place of like, I don't love you, um, where you're at and you need to do better. That's Mm. it. Just the person goes into like a place of contraction. Yeah. And so that's, I think that that happens, you know, on any, on any level. Yes. I, uh, I find it interesting. Like, I don't want to change the world, but I mean, it would be nice. Like, I just, I'm so fascinated that like in places like Egypt, I've got some friends from Egypt. It's the norm for like same gendered people to hold hands and to kiss and to sit on each other's laps. And that's not considered weird yet in North America. It is It's just an interesting phenomenon. Do they, do they kiss and sit on each other's laps as well? I knew the holding hands part. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've seen, I've seen that part. I haven't seen the, the kissing and, and lap sitting part. That sounds, that sounds fun. That sounds like a party. Yeah, it sounds like a party, right? You know, and I, I have a friend who's half Persian, and she said her dad, like, oh, she's like, oh, yeah, there's no such thing as gay or straight in, in uh, certain Middle Eastern countries. It's just um, whether you're, you know, a real man or not. And if you're a real man, you have a wife, you can have sex with as many guys as you want, and it's not considered gay. Hmm. They don't have that word. So it's more of like, are you masculine? Are you a, a pussy? Are you a, you know, a pansy kind of thing? So there still is that type of homophobia, but it's different than what's in North America. Because yeah. you can do gay things as long as you're not the bottom, essentially. Which kind of goes yeah. back to your point about the ancient Greece and the power, you know, thing. There's so probably some, some like extra level of superiority or like, like confidence or comfort <clears throat> with yourself where you could potentially be a literal or metaphoric bottom in whatever the situation and still be comfortable with that and be able to embrace that and enjoy that. There's probably other layers to it. I'd imagine. Totally. Totally. It's so multi-layered. Hmm. Uh, can we talk a little bit about power posing Aaron? And like, do you have any techniques, you know, that, that you find really good if you're feeling a certain way, like maybe a little anxious or tired and yeah. you need to get into a certain state for like a meeting or something. So I don't, I, in the book that I'm doing, I don't, in there, I kind of make fun of power posing. Um, and I think it's great. I think it's legit. And I am more interested as opposed to like, like the whole, like fake it till you make it. I, I, I'm more interested, like what are the daily practices you can do to, to build your foundation so that there's nothing to fake. You just are it. I like and, that. um, you know, and so that's to me, like a power pose for me is get a pull up bar in your house and like fucking hang from it you know, and do, you know, maybe even do some pull-ups or get some, you know, uh, resistance band. Like I have one sitting right I have resistance band hanging off my pull-up bar in my doorway here. And, nice. you know, I'll use that to do like levers, you know, which is where you bring your legs up. Um, you know, and, and so something like that, it's like, you're in a power pose, you know, you just, as opposed to like standing there thinking about wonder woman and how you're awesome or whatever bullshit, you're actually doing something. Yes. You know, so and it's we a, have it's a these, good daily like, habit. Yeah. Yeah. So we have all these like superfluous fucking extra tools, you know, cause we read a blog article that went viral or something. Um, mm-hmm. but the foundations of feeling powerful, they've been around forever, you know, and it's, it's, it looks a lot like, you know, decompressing your spine through doing things like hanging from a tree branch, you know, right. or, or, or squatting and activating your lower body and your hip hinge and moving the fluids throughout your viscera and, Yes. You know, like that's power poses, like things that actually yeah. make your body more powerful. Yes. You just sitting, hunching over your cell phone all day. And then all of a sudden, you know, pulling your shoulders back for 20 seconds. Yeah. There's been studies that show that the, it, it creates physiological change. Um, and it's not sustainable. So what's the point of even thinking about it? Right. You know, 
just do do the the the, the subtle simple daily steps hang you know get like a pull up bar in your in your doorway and fucking hang from it um nice you know spend time on the floor as i'm talking to you right now i'm on the ground so i'm like me too going in and out of like a 90 90 position with my legs and then i'm in like a sukhasana like cross leg position you know i'm moving around because your i body noticed that in your, in your live recordings you're always moving during podcasts which i think is cool yeah i like it it's it's you know it's like to me that's like a I don't like a lot of opportunity cost. I try to eliminate opportunity cost with things as much as possible. So if I'm having a conversation with somebody, I'd like to also use that time to have been like mobilizing my hips. Yeah. You know, I'd like to use that time to maybe like be looking out into the distance and like use that time to be like nose yeah. breathing and paying attention to like, what's my breath feel like, you know? Yeah. And so we just, we forget about all those different variables that we can be doing all day long. And we just wait to like, you know, go see a, a physical therapist or a trainer or massage therapist or something like that and dump all of our shit onto them. Right. You know, a lot simpler if you just integrate. I agree. Yeah. I agree with the good daily habits. Like I used to, you know, I stopped drinking and I stopped doing drugs and now I get up at like 5am and I do at least an hour and a half of, of Nabi Kriya, which is a, a navel point Kriya. It's basically an hour of different types of abdominal exercises. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I'm finding like that is helping so much. Like do you know anything about the navel point and the, the importance of, you know, lower core strength in terms of self-esteem? Hmm. In terms of self-esteem. I mean, there's nothing specific that I know of in relation direct one-to-one, you know, activating the navel area, Duntian or, you know, transverse abdominus or what a transverse isn't navel. It's the whole like corset around it, but activating that area to like confidence. There's probably some like esoteric Eastern stuff around that, that I don't, I don't necessarily know of. Um, but I'm just finding like it West. makes me so much more confident and more willpower. Like I don't want to eat as much, you know, junk food, for example. Yeah. Well, that's, but so that's, so that's the thing is, is it does stack your spine. It stacks your spinal cord. It puts you into, if your spine is in a place where it's, um, it's, it's having to compensate and it's compromised at whatever joint, you know, usually like the low back would be a common place like L5 S1 territory. Mm. Um, if you're in a place of compensation there, um, then that sends a signal through your whole central nervous system to tone things down a little bit because it doesn't trust you to produce full power. If you produce mm. full power, you'll potentially hurt yourself. You know, and so yeah. if your spine isn't in a, a neutral, stacked, strong position, then your body says, oh, okay, well, we'll give you like maybe 25% power as opposed to giving you maybe 65% power like we normally would. Mm-hmm. You know, and, so, and so from a confidence place, if you can find that awareness in and around the navel, you know, and the navel is fairly meaningless if you're not actually relating that to like the mechanics of the pelvis and, you know, the rest of the system, you just think about your navel. It's like, you know, good luck. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but figuring out the, the mechanics of, of what actually understanding how to, how to organize your pelvis and what that does around the navel and such. Um, yeah, it makes your whole central nervous system be more confident. That's cool. That's very cool. This is a little off topic, but I have to ask you, have you ever been with a dude intimately? Mm. Mm. No, I haven't been with a dude intimately. No. I've been, I've been involved in, but not like, like one-on-one so much. Yeah. yeah what about like, like a, a chick with a chick, chick with a dick? Um, yeah. Not <laughs> that. Yeah. Just no, joking. I've been in, I've, I've been, I've been in like, like threesomes and things like that, but it's, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not, um, yeah, it's not like I'm not drawn to that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Well, nonetheless, I love that you're like, you're an open book, as you said. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, what do you do to like wind down? Cause like I'm becoming kind of like you in the sense that I like to always be moving. I like to be sitting on the floor, being aware of my body. But then on the other hand, I like to also make time to relax and put my legs up the wall. What sort of wind down things do you like to do? Well, I just did it. Yeah, I go to the gym or, um, my whole day is pretty winding down ish. Cool. You know, I don't, I don't have like a, this is my thing. I'll stir for, you know, I have like rollerblades in my car. I haven't used them for a while, but like, that's a fun thing to do. Um, mm-hmm. or I'll skateboard, longboard, or just, I have this electric bike, which is really fun. I'll just, I can go for a bike ride or something like that. Um, I do dance stuff regularly. I go to yoga, some things most days. Um, I, most, most every activity in my day, um, other than the times that I'm on the computer, um, is pretty much some practice of winding down. I would say, even I would awesome. say, even, even if I'm winding up, like I still consider winding up, winding down. Like, so if I'm like hmm. deadlifting or some like pushing or working on, you know, handstands or something like that, then, then to me, that's still wind down. Like that's, that all is just helpful with feeling better. Cool. I like that. Everything can be winding down. Yeah, just what I mean. It's if you're everything. Doing what you love. Every everything. Yeah, I mean, winding down. Some people don't need to be wound down. Though. Some people need to be wound up more. Um, you know, so everything can be like homeostasis seeking. You know, mm-hmm. so that's that's kind of more what I'm interested in. Some people are just they're flat. You know, they don't need more winding down. They need to have some fucking fire. You know, it's like, dude, wind yeah. down less. <laughs> you know, like yes, go whatever get shit faced and go do something crazy like really just throw something against a wall like you need to stir some shit up a little bit right, right i don't i don't drink alcohol i'm not i'm not supporting people drinking alcohol actually but you know whatever mm. that whatever that whatever the thing is for them mm. yeah. do you do pot yeah i think weed's cool um i don't smoke a, a lot um but it's probably in my life i've smoked a lot of weed but um presently it's yeah it's not a lot it's like maybe well, in the last month I've smoked once, but, um, sometimes it's like maybe like a couple times a week or something at night. Right. Okay. When I use it, I use CBD you, a lot, but. Oh yeah. Do you find yeah, it makes, I mean, there's a guy in my men's group who's, he finds he smokes a lot of pot before bed and he eats a shitload of food. And I used to do that. I would get really anxious on it and then I would eat shitloads of food. So I just had to stop. Yeah. No, but, um, that. that's good. you got that. Uh-huh. You don't have to worry about that. Um, do you do uh, mushrooms at all? I've tried uh, microdosing mushrooms on certain days. That's been kind of beneficial in certain ways. Yeah, I, yeah, I've experienced mushrooms. Yeah, most most of the, the psychedelic things I've like I've dabbled with. Nice. And yeah. kratom. Have you tried kratom? Yep. Yeah, I've tried it quite a bit. Nice. I like that. I like kratom. I find it's uh, it doesn't make me anxious, but it gives me that sort of chill effect. Yeah, I don't. I don't really use. I don't. I don't really have anything that has like pretty, like, highly impactful immediate kind of uh, effect. Um, I don't really feel overly drawn to. Like the only thing that I feel Mm. drawn to with that is is like caffeine. I think caffeine's a pretty safe, you know, something like you can really get some pretty strong impact from it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But. Yeah, most of those things, like I have more kratom than I can ever possibly use. Um, and I haven't used it for probably four months or something like that. I give mm-hmm. it away more than anything. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's funny now that I, I do like have my daily practice that I don't really want to do as many external things. Yeah, like I, it's the same. I've got Kratom. I haven't used it in several months because mm. like I can just get high by like doing breath of fire, looking into my third eye and squeezing my anus. <laughs> yeah, it's an option. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. Is there anything else that you want to talk about? Tell me first before you go, what are, what's your new book about? Mm, well, it's not going to be out for another probably like eleven months, so it's it's okay. kind of early to, early to be be like um, talking too much about it. Okay. Um, but essentially, it's it's like gets into how our physical world forms us, forms our physical mm-hmm. body, and also the way that we think and the way that we feel, and so how to start to reshape your environment so that it it reshapes you in a more beneficial way. And then gets into things like how how sound affects your physiology and looking out any direction, but just how your vision affects your physiology and how meditation affects you and how um, just all these these different kind of variables in your life that you might not think of as actually like affecting your your musculoskeletal system um, mm. slash emotional system, but but they do. So it gets mm. into kind of all those little nooks and crannies. I'm really excited about it. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you for your time. Yeah, of course, man. Yeah, it's really nice to to connect with you, and uh, you you really inspired me over the years. Like, I, you're one of the reasons why I started my podcast. Cool. And uh, yeah, I believe you're one of the reasons why I got off drugs. Um, I really like how. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, no, seriously, you, uh, Luke, story. Actually, the two of you were were um, really instrumental because, like, when I was doing the drugs, there was one positive thing that I was doing, and I was listening to your guys' podcasts. And, um, yeah, it just, um, cause at the time I didn't have any strong, you know, male role models in my life. Yeah. And, uh, so you guys were kind of like these lighthouses, uh, for me. And now I'm attracting like people in my community who are kind of like you, they're strong males who are in their gifts and they're serving through their passions. And so thank you for, you know, getting the ball rolling on that. Cause I, because what you focus on expands. So I was focusing on you. I was focusing on Luke. And I've yeah. got my own podcast. I'm not doing drugs anymore. And I've got good daily habits that are keeping me in my highest. And I've got a tribe. So thanks for That's getting cool. it all started. Yeah. Dude. Thank you. You That's helped good. save just me. That, just that statement that like makes the whole the whole conversation like worthwhile for me. That's 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 awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you. Yeah. Awesome. Cool, brother. Thanks, um, man. Yeah, of course. Thank you, brother. Appreciate appreciate uh, the moments. I'll, I'll stew on some of those ideas. Yeah, if you have any thoughts, uh, fire me an email or text me. Yeah, or call me. Um, yeah. If, if people have interest in learning about like the movement stuff, I've um, an mm. online program that we that we recently released that's that's been helpful for people. Um, nice. So people can people can check all that stuff. It's all at alignpodcast.com. Um, awesome, man. Yeah. So those are options. Sweet. <clears throat> so nice to connect and have a beautiful day, Aaron. And uh, yeah. I'll look forward to uh, reading your book in, in a year or so. Cool. Sweet, man. Um, let me know Sweet when you man. put this out. And I will. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Awesome. Thanks, brother. Ciao. Thanks, brother. Ciao, Bye. Bye. I just found one more funny and interesting clip from Aaron. I'll just play it before we do the outro. <laughs> you're breathing in that pollen, right? So as you're breathing in that pollen, it's a, it's a similar thing. Like... We're talking, man, this is going to go out there. Um, So we're talking about like Taoist sex practices and such. 
And so semen has been, you know, for thousands of years, been considered this this prized fluid that's kind of like it's like the, the fluid of immortality in a way. So if you keep it inside of your body, this is like the old Chinese and Taoist master folks, they would talk about this stuff as being it's it's kind of like the the fountain of youth of sorts. And uh, so you can buy pollen and put in your smoothies and it's supposed to increase testosterone same thing with um swallowing ejaculate <laughs> i mean that's real we can edit that out no but that's real that's we're real. definitely that's, not that's, editing that's, that out that's real thanks for joining us this week on the urban yogi podcast Make sure to visit my website, willblunderfield.ca, for my music and more information about where my classes are, retreats, and tours. And you can also subscribe to the show on iTunes or even on uh, SoundCloud and YouTube, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. If you like this show, you might want to check out my album, Hallelujah, which hit number one on the world music chart, and my new album, which is doing super well in Japan and South Korea. It's called Wild Horses. Have a beautiful, beautiful week, and I will be back in three weeks. I'm heading to India for some teacher training in advanced yoga. I'm super stoked on it, so I'll see you guys when I get back in three weeks. Satnam. But it won't be long Until